Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsion, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and super excited to dive into this episode. Before I do, though, I do want to uh, address a question that I get a lot, which is, what kind of training plan do I use, or do you have recommendations for training plans, or for a coach that I should invest in? So for me, whenever I make recommendations for anything, it's always based on things that I've used in my own running and my own career and what's worked really, really well for me. So for me, um, number one, I think having at least a training plan in your training is crucial to not only get great results and hit your goals, but also to progress safely. So many times, and even in my early career, I remember I would progress really, really quickly uh, in terms of distance and mileage and workouts, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And ultimately, I ended up injuring myself. I ended up getting burnt out, and it just was not great at all. And it really was only until I started to follow a solid training plan, um, attuned to my specific race distance, my experience level, how many times uh, I had to really uh, work with in terms of a training block, all those kind of things, I really started to see myself making better progress a lot quicker, making myself be more healthy and not getting injured as many times or not feeling burnt out or mentally strung out by the training. And ultimately, I was able to hit my goals and enjoy my training blocks so, so much more. And on top of that too, I've even gone further and hired a coach as well. But the cool thing is the coach that I hired is the same person who developed the training plans, which is Zach Bitter. Now, if you're familiar with Zach, and you probably are, you know that he's one of the greatest ultra marathon athletes of all time. He's the former record holder for fastest 100 mile time and most miles traveled in a 24 hour period uh, in a running event. Uh, he is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things um, progressing and training and optimization and all those things as well. And what's super cool is he offers pre made training plans that you can pick based on the distance you're training for, your experience level, and also how much much time that you need to train for the race, which are three important pillars that I think everybody needs to get when it comes to a training plan. Plus, you know, he's coached hundreds and hundreds of athletes as well. So being able to take all that experience from not only his own racing, but also his experience of coaching others, he's able to really fine tune an amazing training plan for you to help hit your goals. Whether it's a 5k or whether it's a hundred miles, he has a plan for you. And if you want to go even deeper, you can actually hire him as a personalized coach where he's going to take a plan and personalize it to your lifestyle. So that includes your schedule, your stress levels, your sleep levels, your lifestyle, your goals, everything else like that, he goes even further and personalizes it in a personalized plan and also offers calls where you can hop on with him on a routine basis to go over your training, answer your questions, and ultimately get the coaching you need. That's the package that I've used with Zach over the past year and a half, and I've seen incredible results with him uh, going from pretty much an average and mediocre runner to placing top 10 male at Havelina 100, which was one of the most stacked events last year on the ultra running circuit. So if you want to make great progress, if you want to have an awesome training plan, or 
if you're looking for an amazing coach, I cannot recommend Zach even more than I already do. He is just amazing to uh, work with and just an awesome, awesome coach and uh, person to get a training plan from. So if you're interested in the training plans, go to the the show notes and go to the link in there, which is zachbitter.com slash training hyphen plans, or you can go to his coaching options at zachbitter.com slash coaching. Again, go to the show notes, check it out, get Zach's plan for your next uh, ultra or hire him as a coach and I promise you will not be disappointed my friends all right thank you so much again for listening appreciate you a ton now let's dive into this amazing episode here What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and super excited for this episode here today, not only because uh, I've ran with this person before, chatted with this person before, um, but I'm always a, a big fan of having people on the Air Viper racing team. As all of you know, uh, and probably have heard me talk about Air Viper many times before, a huge fan of everything they're doing in the trail running space. Uh, their company here in uh, based in the Arizona area, but put on some of the best races in the world, such as Javelina 100, Black Canyon 100, Okay, just to name a small few of the many that they do. Um, but they also have a racing team of up and coming athletes who are just absolutely crushing it in various areas such as Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, um, so all over. And our guest today is on the Air Viper racing team, which is super exciting, uh, racking up tons of podium and first place finishes in races here in the Arizona area as well. And also a top 10 finish at the Speedgoat 50 or sorry, 28 K um, in 2022 as well, which is always a competitive race and super, super uh, beastly to say the least in terms of what that race is. So uh, she's always uh, super speedy, super quick, dominating on the short course. And this year as an Air Viper racing team member, she's looking to, to take it on there as well. And even has a 50 K down the road, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well. But, uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Megan Cooper to the everyday ultra podcast, Megan, thanks so much for coming on and appreciate you being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to have you here too. And congrats again on getting on the racing team, like super excited to, you know, see this uh, amazing journey of yours that you're about to have into uh, 2023. Um, but before we dive into the now, I'd love to hear about how you got into running. I always love to hear from our guests, especially from, you know, people who are climbing up the ranks, like uh, what's your, your background into running and and tell us a little bit about how you, you know, uh, climb the ranks all the way up to, to the glorious racing team here. <laughs> Um, I started running back in high school, uh, kind of by choice, we'll call it. I think it was more influenced by my PE teacher. Um, I played volleyball for six years, so I refused to uh, ever join the cross-country team on our middle school group, even though like my PE teacher's like, Megan, you should run each year. Megan, you should run. I'm like, ah. It's hot here. You had the ambulance here the other day because someone got too hot. Why am I going to run? <laughs> got air conditioning with volleyball. So um, it was like one day out walking the dog with my mom. I see the high school cross country team coming by. And uh, of course, gym teacher's right there. Megan, why aren't you running? I'm like, I'm walking. <laughs> um, <laughs> my um friend that I had from middle school was actually on the team. She had moved away previously. And after I saw her, I was like, influenced friend, gotta, gotta try this running thing. So I got hooked pretty uh, quickly once I found out like 
I could keep up with some faster girls. And so as high school went on, I got on varsity, got to go on the travel team. And then, um, yeah, I mean, like I didn't get a run in college. It's a little heartbreaking, but I was very fortunate to go to the University of Oregon for college still and participate with the University of Oregon's run club team, which awesome people, awesome awesome coach. Loved it there. Uh, found my love for running again. Cause I did take two years off when I went from high school to college, just cause I think I got the burnout mm. and I uh, just needed some time to find my love for that sport again. And then, um, yeah, joining the running club team found, found the homies made basically like a little Oregon family that I still keep in touch with. And, uh, it was 2016, I came back home to Arizona and I realized it, Arizona didn't have races every weekend because the weather is hot in Arizona um, for a good chunk of the year. So I started running with Xterra first when I came hmm. back because um, I'm like, oh, off-road stuff. What's this? Oh, this is like our high school fun runs on Saturdays. So I was hooked on the first race and um, I was coaching at the time. I ended up having um, Mr. Wolf, who in the trail running community, everyone knows Kelly Wolf. Well, I was helping coach Haley Wolf, Mm. also a very speedy gal. But her dad had mentioned these races with Air Viper. But because we have practice early in the morning, I wasn't listening so well. And I heard the word Viper thinking, oh, Viper races. Let's see what that is. Yeah, I didn't get anywhere. I got Viper cars. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I don't race cars. I mean, like, I get it. I'm fast, but I don't think I'm (laughs) this fast. So it wasn't until I went to an air Xterra race. I had a gentleman come up to me and he told me about these Era Vipa races. And uh, it was at Mesquite Canyon. I was like, oh, I've never been to that mountain. I'll go mm-hmm. try out this Era Vipa race. Oh, it it got me. I was like, oh man, I did Mesquite 30K as my first one. There's a big hill, very big hill. Was not expecting it to be that big, but that was where I met some speedy girls. So Desiree Clark was the first woman that like destroyed me (laughs) and showed me like, this is how you trail run. I'm like, oh boy, I got some work to do. Um, And then I found another race and instantly was hooked on the Aravipa racing and saw it was year round. I'm like, these timed races, these evening races, like, I was like, oh my God, the options are endless. This is way cooler than road running. Um, So yeah, that's where I kind of tumbled my way into discovering the uh, Air Viper racing team and found the application to apply and I gave it a shot and fourth time's the charm. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I love it. Fourth time is indeed the charm and it's so cool to see that it kind of started like almost like a your first kind of foray like into the air viper race was mesquite canyon right like that is such a epic race and that climb up goat camp is merciless too so it's so cool to see that you came back for more even after facing that climb which is awesome oh and this was also before i knew about like 
fueling and ultra running and like the candy at the aid stations. I had one gel that day and no water bottle. Again, I got I got served by Desiree who came with like a pack. I saw other people with packs on. I'm like, hmm, how intense is this race? Like I've never <laughs> people wearing backpacks and such. Oh, it was a wake up call. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and but even though it was a wake up call, I have I have your ultra sign and pulled up here too. That race, you came second female still, despite you know it being like your first foray into this, which I think is is pretty interesting. Yeah, I experienced the bonk. I, I bonked <laughs> hard at mile 10. I thought about dropping and then I realized where I was and I was like, they freaking need to get a helicopter to get me. This ain't gonna work out. I have no patience for this. So I just I kind of uh, struggled that last climb. And then when I found it was like descending for quite some time, I was like, good. I freaking was climbing for a good long ass time up this thing. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Like what was it just like this mentality to just push on, like even despite feeling like bonky and like underfueled and everything like that? Like, is that something that you you channel like when whenever you're kind of in these low points and races? Like I'd love to hear obviously about like, you know, how the things that you've learned along the way, but is that something that you continuously channel maybe from that first race into the races that you're you're towing the line on today oh yeah I blame my stubbornness <laughs> once I start something it's like I gotta finish it uh it's just it's just me I have that mentality of like if I got my name on a start list if I got my uh like goal set on something I'm gonna go do it no matter the uh risk or yeah, I get it. Yeah, that was a big risk. <laughs> it takes. I just I want to finish what I started, basically. Mm, that's so awesome. Cause yeah, even like having a bonky feeling on that race, feeling that kind of climb, like and being into like your first kind of like foray into like the air viper scene. Like I can see how it can almost be like to your point, like saying, like, oh my gosh, maybe I should have a pack. Like, how intense is this race? But you still got it done. And even despite, you know, like you saying with that nutritional stuff, second place is great too. So I'm curious, like along the way, as you're kind of getting into more of these races, because you know, on your ultra sign up, like in 2019, you had had tons of different races uh damn good run uh april fools backyard ultra uh extreme big pine and you know first place in or second place in all of them as well what were some things that like you learned along the way as you were kind of notching up those victories and podium finishes and getting more experience under your belt in some of these trail races a lot of it was just i wanted to try different things i mm -hmm. wanted to see where my niche was and really expand on my um, mostly like where I could like go and run on. I'd never been to any of these places. Like uh, Lake Pleasant was one that surprised me how beautiful the back part of it was once you crossed the dam. I was like, where was this? Why didn't I know about this? Same with going up to Big Pine. I was just like, I haven't been in Flagstaff. Flagstaff Extreme. That's right up my alley. Let's go, man. And um and what's been drawing me more and more each year is not only like the complexity of the distance, because I don't really know. I'm touching uncharted territory a lot of times. It's more, mm. I'm like, who do I get to meet? Who are the people I want to um, see? Because sometimes when you're in the same distance, you see the same people over and over. Um, but this time I'm like, I get a few trickle here and there of other people. And I like to pick their brain. I'm like, so, uh, 
why are you running this race? What was your thoughts of coming to run in Arizona when they're like from out of state or even more like bonkers? You came from Australia yeah. to run this race. Why? I wanted to see Cacti. I was like, all right. No, that's fair game. <laughs> so, yeah, is- I just, I've been more on the curious side now more than the, um, challenging the distance now that I've gotten a little bit more of that under my belt I'm like okay I know where my happy place is I know where the unhappy side of things happen where I'm like you know what I think I could have gone without this race today (laughs) that is so awesome and I love the perspective of you going into different races now still in your niche of the things that you like, but also to get a new essence of a new experience, whether it's talking from someone, you know, from a different country or, you know, uh, meeting new people. Cause I agree, like you see the same kind of people at the distances and stuff. So kind of just like, or even the locations that you're at. And so like expanding your horizon, which is super, super cool to have that in there. Um, I'm curious, like on the perspective of you, like finding what you like and what you don't like, cause I think that is one of the most important things that a runner can do is like find like the races you do like and all those kind of things. Like, was that a reflective process for you? Maybe at the end of certain races where you're like, Oh, like, what did I like about that? Did, did you have kind of like a process to decipher what things felt right to you and the things that you enjoyed? Like, how do you go about like consciously picking those things? Um, A lot of it is the trail experience. So even Mm -hmm. though you'll probably see on there, I did well at like the Santan Park in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I do not like that course. I don't like it. It's just something about it. I just can't like get that flowy state in it. Uh, But Cave Creek, like that whole area, anywhere up there, I'm just like rocky stuff. Let's go, man. I like this. So a lot of it is more, can I find my groove? Can I find my flow state and cruise control on it? No matter the distance. Cause again, cave Creek, you'll see, I did toy a bit with like that 20 something K and then a 50 K and both of them great experiences, had a blast. People were awesome there. It's just, yeah. A lot of it is really just, can I get in that groove on the uh, terrain? Mm-hmm. I love that. And like, to your point, it's having that trail experience being around here and like here in Arizona, what's super cool too, is like, we get to train on a lot of the stuff that we race on too, which is super, super cool. So you kind of get that, uh, that thing of being in, you know, Arizona of, of getting to, to course preview almost any like era viper local race which is awesome um and so i remember like when we were kind of chatting uh on our run too that you mentioned that you know you're definitely more in tune to like the short course stuff and so like tell tell us a little bit about that like what what's your love for like the the shorter stuff right because a lot of times on on this podcast we usually get people who are into like the big stuff and you know 100 milers 200 milers but i love your perspective because you do like the shorter faster stuff so for you like what, what was the draw to that? Cause you've also done black Canyon hundred K like, you know, you you've done the long distance too. So what, what was kind of like your thought process of why you, you tend to gravitate more towards that. And I have a follow-up question, but I'll, I'll save the excitement and, and save it for later, but tell us, tell us your draw to the short course. I like to run fast. We'll just we'll lay it out like that. I love running fast. I like to just know I still have that speed. I'm not ready to give it up yet. And I like to see the challenge I get from both younger and older um, competitors. Also, I noticed that like 
there are more guys that run that and I like to beat them. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just lay it out there. I do enjoy beating the boys, but it, again, it just, everyone's got their own strengths and weaknesses. And right now I'm just really happy in that. Like, we'll, I mean, like, I guess 10 K we can say five mile. I ran up a hill and back down, down almost, almost a, a good speed limit there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think like the max that was like that, that 30, 33K and then all of a sudden the wheels start coming off and it goes kind of the same with the marathon where they're like, yeah, once you hit mile 20, mile 19, 20, mm-hmm. the wheels fall off. I'm like, yep, that's about the same with trail running too and the short course stuff. That's when my wheels start to falling off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, uh... And I think it's a, a, just attuned to like preference and everything like that. Like people who like love to go fast, like you you were saying, and just love to just, just slam it. Like the short course is great. And I even love that you're saying like going out and beating the guys. Like I, I think we, we need more women out there to like go for overall wins. Like I, I'm, I've been wanting that like for so long. I think it's just the coolest thing to ever see it. So you're, you're doing it right. My friend. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. I don't know about them long distance people though. I can't go slow. I learned my lesson. Each of those ultras I went into. Yeah. I don't know the word slow or slow down. I just know Uh, stop. (laughs) So good. So it's fun to go fast. It really is. Like I love going fast. It is amazing. And I'm curious, and this is like a, 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 like a question that I'm even just like not as phrased because like more of my stuff is in ultra training. So kind of doing a lot of like zone two kind of like, uh, you know, slower ish training with some speed work here and there, some, some faster runs, but like, what does your training look like? You know, as someone who likes to be in that kind of thing, like, do you like, uh, mostly do like, do you, I guess, do you follow up a plan? Do you have a coach? Like, tell us, tell us a little bit into your training, because I think you're the first time we've had a, a short course athlete on here kind of talking about this stuff. So would love to hear what your training looks like. I know he's, I see you laughing right now. So now I'm like super eager to hear your response. Um, I am (laughs) self-coached. I go based on feel and I have no structure. My weekends are called, sup friend, you want to go around the trails? Yeah, I got a 10 mile plan or I got a 20 miler plan. Sweet. You need a company? Sure. All right. What trail are we meeting at? Got it. That's my structured plan. I usually will like try and put a goal in so that's why I like multiple short course races because then it gives me a little structure to my week Mm. and I'll put in be like oh I'll do like maybe this trail and I know exactly the points where to like hit some speed work to practice like technical quick feet um but yeah a lot of it is more um set the goal what's the terrain like and then I will pick my week to look in that manner. If it's a single track technical, let's aim for the trails. If it's um, got some big hill climbs, all right, let's go over to the hill by the street if I don't have enough time before work or after work, go hit up, as I said, gateway now, and I'll just go run hills there. So yeah, it's very um, unprofessionally done. I just go on whim and just show up. 
<laughs> That's awesome. But it, it works. Like, I think for some people it works. I, you, I mean, we know, uh, the Bryce from era Vipa too. It was, it was funny. Yeah. Like we, I was chatting with him and he has a very similar approach. And he, I remember him saying to me, like, he's like, dude, I don't know if I could ever get a coach. Cause like, I was telling him, he's like, he's like, what do you got this week? I'm like telling like all my workouts and stuff. And he's like, I could tell he was like, yeah, no, I, I <laughs> not for me. So I think it, it works for some people and it works well, like in your case too. And like in seeing the results that you've had, uh, in terms of like the intuitive stuff, like, do you like kind of just wake up and I know like you also mentioned, like basing it around what other people are doing and joining in, which is amazing. Maybe like on a solo run, like maybe today or something like that. Like, is it more, oh, I feel like five miles today, or do you kind of like go based on how your body feels? Tell us a little bit more, like how intuitively you kind of steer your training and what you do on a given day. Um, Definitely. Uh, base it off of feel so I give myself a range like whether it be a time or a distance a lot of it is from high school I just kind of base it off of like what did I enjoy in high school because that's when I was performing my best I was able to grow and learn and I loved running like I fell in love with it so I wanted to continue that in my we'll call it adult life um, the same idea, like what gets me going out the door? What makes me excited to run? Because honestly, if I don't have the love, the passion for it, uh, again, my race results reflect that if I'm not having fun, probably doesn't look good or yeah, if I'm not having fun. It doesn't look good on paper, but if I'm having fun, gosh, I'm just like, I'm to the moon and chasing down whatever time or place it is on it. So, yeah. That's awesome. So basically your thing is like, what, what can, what, it, what are the things that's going to bring me the most joy today or the most fun or the most stoke, right? Like that's kind of like the basis for, for what you're, what you're going out and doing. Yep. And then I'm only influenced by bad behaviors from again, my trail friends that say, oh yeah, let's go do this uh, clockwise, counterclockwise, double loops, 20 miles, 5,000 feet of vert. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm agreeing to this. Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> we got her done. Exactly. But it, but it's awesome because like I can tell that means you're like valuing the experience a lot more. Cause I can I've been in a position like personally where sometimes people be like, Hey, like I'm going on this like amazing run, like or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my plan. I only have like an hour run and they want to do like a you know, three hour adventure run in like the canyon. And it's like, oh, like I, I can I can see the benefit of choosing to go for the experience as opposed to being married to a plan that kind of, I don't say robs you of the experience, but can steer you away from it. So to say, right. Uh, I agree. I feel like it takes control of your life. And if you don't like, I don't know, I really enjoy living my life and I don't want my training plan to control what I do. I had that in high school when I had a coach, Mm. I had it kind of when I tried having a coach and realized "Mm, I'm not good at listening let's uh we're gonna not do this anymore because I'm not having fun and not getting to hang out with my friends because I have to run this I have speed work today so I have to run fast in weird intervals that I don't do right now (laughs) I just feel like I don't get the benefit of it as if I'm running with my friends and we just are playing games and it's like dude you're doing speed work right there chasing each other up the hill trying to run as fast as you can down the hill when you know your friend is like the best descender and you're just like, oh shit, don't face planet. 
I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Cause like, it's almost like by putting yourself in the experiences, you do get a lot of the similar stuff, right? Like the chasing the friend can be like your tempo run or trying to go for a segment on Strava could be your workout for the day, right? It's like finding fun ways to incorporate those things usually ends up being like similar to a training plan down the road. I'm I'm curious too, like, because I know you mentioned that you uh, applied to the, the Air Viper racing team like four times. And I love the notion of what you're saying is like, you know, you had, uh, I'm, I'm assuming like the goal to be on the era viper racing team it was something that was in there and like i guess like what was was there a certain approach that you took to to you know do as best as you can in those races to either get there or just to be the best that you can be and i guess uh like what's your approach to kind of taking on goals because and the reason why i'm asking this question to follow up to the other ones is I think it can be, and I, I, I'm a big proponent of, of coaches too, but I don't, again, going back to our thing, like it's not for everybody. Sometimes people don't, don't want it, don't want like the structure and everything like that. And so from like your perspective of being self-coached, um, what's your approach to like setting these big goals, uh, such as like being on the racing team, you know, uh, placing on the podium, all those kind of things. Okay. So the first part with being like the constant applying to Air Viper's racing team is I just felt like this community was my, my family. I loved being around. Them. I loved getting to know them. And the more I saw the team and how the way they represent that company, that like racing style, I was like, I want to be on that. I want to be mm-hmm. able to be that person that just keeps spreading the word like wildfire um, and showing up and podium because I loved racing to the podium. I love the little like um, artwork stuff that we get to <laughs> decorate. I love it. It just is kind of like a little memory of like what I did that day and the stoke I had going into that trail race, whether it was a good day, a wipeout, I ran into some horses or like bear bur- burrows. I forget some donkeys that are out in Lake Pleasant. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I just remembered it spooked me when I first ran into it. I didn't know if it was going to chase me or not. So that was the incentive run faster. (laughs) Great motivation. But um, yeah. Uh, But when I would show up to those races, not like if I got the letter being like, ah, man, didn't make it again. I didn't let it get me down too long. I gave myself that grace period, 24 hours. You can be angry about it. Let all your tantrums out. And then I just got right back up and was like, all right. If I didn't make it, I'll make them work for it then. So mm-hmm. I always toe the line, just excited to be there, but also kind of scoped out, okay, who am I racing against? And then I just would find that person. I would just, I am down, <laughs> chase him down. That's so. so good. So you would like, basically your mindset was like, uh, like almost scoping like the competitive field out and just being like, I, I'm going to beat you kind of thing. Right. Like kind of having like a oh, hunter well, mindset. I choose you. that's so awesome yeah i had one where she she and i we went out pretty fast she's actually on the racing team corinne i didn't Uh, know she was i was like oh she got that jersey on all right i'll hang with her oh my god fastest five miles in the frigid cold that year and oof it was a 2020 race like one of the first ones so it was off of a long aerobic base block where I'm just like, yeah, let's just rip this bandit up. Let's just go. Freaking gazelle after like mile eight. I was like, oh, where'd she go? Gosh, dang, she burned me. <laughs> <laughs> she left me in the dust. 
But yeah, she she definitely made me work and realize like, dang, this team's getting faster. I got to get some work done. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so awesome. It, it's funny you mentioned that too, because I'm speaking with Corinne, I believe in 30, Thursday, next Thursday, this Thursday or next Thursday. So uh, gonna have to gonna have to bring up that, but no, I'm kidding. But anyways, but it's so cool to see you like kind of like, uh, you know, looking at the race field. And even like you said, like, you know, when you applied the first time and didn't get it, you're like, I'm going to make it work for it. Like it almost like motivated you to to keep going. And I think that goes back to having that like positive, like in you're saying before, like that, that's stubbornness. But I think stubbornness can be positive because it shows like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to work for it no matter what and, and get to where you want to be. Like, is that, is that, so do you find yourself being fueled by, maybe failure, disappointment, like any of those kind of things, like what's your, talk to us a little bit more of your approach on that. Right. Like, cause like for, you know, some people, I know some people, they apply to air Viper race team and they got disappointed and it can be easy to be like, Oh man, like whatever wasn't cut out for it. But you were like, nah, like I'm, I'm gonna make them work for it. So how do you, what's your perspective on bouncing back from failure or disappointment or a result that maybe didn't go your way? It's definitely bittersweet when it happens because you're just like, gosh, I put so much time and effort into this or oh, I know I could have done this better and my result probably would have like at least challenged it a little bit more. Um, so I give myself again that 24 hour grace period of letting myself reflect, let all the negative thoughts come out and really just kind of like journal it out. Um, and then after about like the 48 hour mark, so you start getting into those Monday blues after the Saturday race, you're just like, okay, let's look back at it. Let's see what, what we can do to reassess the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, do I still have that want and desire to train or do that distance, do that trail run again? Um, and then it's just like, I don't know. I just find it as fuel for me to keep moving forward in a sense of like, oh, well, if I try this, why don't I go do a training run out that way? Why don't Mm. I go recruit a friend to go do that race with me next year? Maybe my result will be better. And then sometimes the, you know, failure is just to a point where it's like, yeah, no, we don't need to ever do that again. We tried, we tried again. And uh, third time, nope. (laughs) Yeah. But um, the racing team was a little bit different situation because yeah, of course that third year when I got rejected, I, very harsh word sorry um (laughs) when I just got the email of disappointment um I just was like no there's just something inside me burning that was just like no I gotta try I gotta try again like Mm. I know this is what I'm supposed to do there's a reason I I just keep showing up so this year when I did get the email the irony I was in a boot I am like deep in that like PT injury mode and I get the email saying, oh, you're going to be on the racing team for our 2023 year. I'm like, oh my God, I got to really work on my comeback now. I'm getting out of the boot. I'm coming off of who knows how many uh, months of not running. Heck, I'm still not running at this point. Um, so I definitely was saying my prayers during all every PT session after that. I'm like, just get me out of the boot. Just get me out of the boot. Let me look at let me walk. Then let me run. <laughs> I can skip walking. I can just run. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, well, that is, I, I think I was even getting the chills when you were saying like in that third time, like, just like you just were 
wanting to go back for more. And I think like, even after, you know, not getting in the first, like first two times, like that can be tough, but that third time can be tough, but like you use it as a springboard to get you there and like have this, like this fuel. And, and it almost is like, it was, uh, um, a realization that you were like, this is what I'm meant to chase and go for and something that excites me, which is super, super cool. And I love how you talk about like your reflection process, you know, through not just going for the racing team, but also different races as well. Cause I think the key to any progress is good reflection. And it's so cool to see that in there and, and you kind of going on there. I want to definitely touch base on like you kind of like your, your, um, you know, you're back to running right now. You'd ran before this. We, we did a run last or two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, you, you were going through this injury for a little bit. So I'd love to talk about that journey and rehabbing back to it. But before that too, I mean, like you have tons of racing experience, right. And I, I really appreciate how reflective you are of like, you know, all, all the different experiences that you've had. So is there maybe a race, um, could be one that was just amazing. Could be one that, you know, didn't go your way, whatever that was, but was there maybe a race that you were in that really taught you a valuable lesson that, you know, has kind of stuck with you or really helped you to grow like as an athlete, as a person, like, I'd love to hear that if there is maybe one out of the many races you've been that, that kind of speaks to you. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I really do race for the experience. So that way, like those reflection processes, that I do is actually like, how cool can I make my story sound? How awesome mm-hmm. and legit can I sell that this person can do it? Even if it's like one of those shit ones where it's like, yeah, no, she hit the fan. I just died <laughs> up that hill. <laughs> but I'll let you know that goat camp, man, it's so much fun. Just remember water and more than one gel. Yes. <laughs> Your car key doesn't work well as a stick or what is it? Trekking pole. There we go. Trekking pole. <laughs> Cause yeah. Again, you don't have the pack. You have to carry the car key Um, because I just didn't want to leave mine by my car. You just (laughs) carried the car key in your hand the entire time or was it like in the pocket or like? Oh, if you look at some of my posts that I've had from racing, you can find the uh, ring and that's my car key because I would wear it as like a ring and put my key in my (laughs) hand so I never would think about it. And then I'd always have a gel on the other hand. That's how I raced because short course, I'm like, I don't need much. I just need some sugar rush and boom, guns blazing at like, it would be anywhere from mile five or nine in that race. I would just take a goo and just fly. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. You might like just to have like uh, the, did you see that as like a good luck, luck charm at like some point? Cause I feel like, I feel like no, that could be like your more, thing. I think it, you know, those stress balls. Yeah. That's what my key acted like, but it was in a constant stressed state. So I would just grip on it hard enough where I wouldn't, you know, set the car alarm off. I mean, it probably wouldn't during the middle of the race anyway, but just strong enough where I'm just like, okay, don't stab yourself. Don't fall and just keep running and don't drop the key. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would be thinking about that the entire time. I'd be like, I, I don't want to like drop it, but I, I feel like that could help. Cause it's like, you know, even if you're That's hurting, it. yeah, you're just like, I'm thinking about the key. I'm not thinking about my dead legs right now. It's actually it's a pretty good strategy. I might carry a key on my next race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, I, Hey, it could have worked in that sense, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it was uh, definitely the beginning stages of it when uh, racing was all short course uh, for sure. Before the ideas of these longer distance of marathons and, ultra marathons and time spinning around in small circles. I just, oh yeah. 
I was like, oh, I got to carry more than one gel. Oh, buy a pack. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I can stick <laughs> multiple water bottles in my key and my phone. And it doesn't even feel like it weighs much anymore. Exactly. And you don't have to, you don't, you're not like white knuckling a key and you don't have to think about losing it. Like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. No, I, I love that too. And so like, uh, in terms of, you know, your, before we, I want to dive into the injury piece too, and kind of bouncing back from that. Cause I think it's, it's super, super inspiring to see you, you know, come back from that and, and going after a, an awesome race season too. But like you, you also went into the ultra world too, like, you know, coming from this short, uh, you know, course background and mind you too, like black Canyon hundred K, which is, you know, pretty brutal as well. Um, so, so tell us about like your experience in the ultras and maybe like, what was the thing that, kind of you know for you was like I don't know if this is particularly like right for me and the reason why I'm saying this is because I think it's great I, I love this topic of choosing the things that you love and don't love because I think it's something that's overlooked a lot of people will you know choose a certain race because it's got a golden ticket or because it's super like everyone else is doing it or anything like that but you know I I love the perspective of you kind of choosing it so to tell us a little bit about like the foray into ultra and maybe the decision to be like I don't know if I this is the right one for me yeah I definitely uh got some peer pressure into a few races <laughs> and I definitely still the pressure right now where it's like oh man everyone's doing that race and then I look at the distance I'm like ooh that's really far. <laughs> like in my head, I know I can do it. I just do not like to that point where it's like, I want to do it. Like that, the one ultra I did that 50 K at Cave Creek, I chose that one. Mm. The two black canyons on there, the 60 K and the hundred K that was, uh, influenced um, <laughs> by our uh, friends. So, I mean, I gave it a go. I learned through the experience that, um, your mind and body go to places that I'm like, this is dark and scary. And then there was also points where I'm like, wow, this is really fun. They really do say you go through highs and lows like a roller coaster. I don't know how much more emotional roller coaster I can ride, but I really hope I just make it to the finish at this point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of forgot the question um, after that. I got sidetrack sorry no it's all good i'm i'm mr tangent as well but just in terms of like saying like hey this is a maybe like you want to optimize your racing for like the short course oh, stuff. yeah oh yeah um there's really like no plan other than i kind of will maybe glance at like a start list every now and then mm -hmm. where i'm like oh who's racing just so i can like run with them mm -hmm. try and race against them but most of the time it's just um have i been there all right. No, I haven't. All right. Let's sign up for it. Like that was copper corridor this year. I never did it. I was like, cool. There's a five mile run. Oh, I'm at that distance for my long run. Maybe I can clear it by my PT and she won't, you know, mind Just <laughs> fast for my five mile instead of this easy. Um, but yeah, it's definitely just like what excites me, what draws me to it, whether it be the people that are on start list. I mean, I'm looking at all of them, even the crazy hundred mile, whatever mm. it is like, Oh, look, my homie's out racing. I got to show up. I got to be there for them as much as I can. Give them a high five or even volunteering. I still love volunteering with Air Viper. Like 
work in aid stations, course sweeping. Cause even like when you volunteer, you kind of like, even though you may or may not have done the race before, you, if you've done the race, you can be there for the experience, still have that like, oh, I'm here and not that FOMO. And then with the course sweeping, you kind of get a preview of the course. Or if you're volunteering at like maybe one of the aid stations, you're like, yeah, no, I could totally do this race. Like I, uh, next year I'll do it. Or the, for us in Arizona, I'll do the night race version of that so I can go to the trail and experience it. So those are coming up. Very excited exactly. for those. The, the heat's coming. That means the night races are coming up. Absolutely. But I, that's awesome to see that, again, you're prioritizing the things that you have the most fun. And I even love that approach of like looking at the entrance list and like seeing who you want to run with and, and go against. Like I, I do do that for the first time with Crown King. Like I was thinking, I was like, oh, I want to do either Mesquite Canyon or Crown King. And I saw the list of Crown King. I was like, oh my gosh, like you, you got you got Bryce here. You got Rory Moynihan. Like I'm just like, dude, like this is going to be freaking awesome. Like, let's go for it. And um, I think it just makes it fun like when you're like seeing it is like i get to run with these amazing people and have like a, to your point like an amazing story at the end of it which is super super cool so i i love that approach now uh you know you mentioned to uh you know uh that five mile hill climb at copper corridor uh you went out and, and you smashed it which is great like your first race kind of back from it which is awesome so so tell us a little bit about this kind of like journey and rehab back as as you told our listeners before you know, you got the Aravipa uh, racing team announcement, like when you were in a boot. So w- tell us a little bit about like what happened there and what your rehab journey kind of looked like coming on. Cause you know, injury is something that I think almost any runner is going to somewhat face in their life or eventually face in their life. I know it sounds like terrible me saying that, but it's just the nature of uh, us crazy people, you know, running fast or running long. So tell us a little bit about your journey and maybe some things that have really helped you to, to not only just get back up to speed, but get back up to speed to, you know, the level of where you're at before. Cause you know, I've been looking at uh, your runs on Strava. We ran together, you're running strong. So would love to hear that process from your end. Yeah. Well, honestly, I don't think injuries are always a bad thing. I think sometimes that's just the body telling you, Hey, like you're taking advantage of your sport. You're taking advantage of your training and you're not respecting and honoring your body's rest. And it might not be overtraining, but there's also a thing called life and life stressors that impact your training as well. And if you're not taking care of the outside things too, with like family, friends, lifestyle habits, that starts piling up as well to your training. So for me, that was a red flag that honestly snowballed into mm-hmm. the the tragedy of me ending up in a boot many months later that should have probably been addressed back in like early September. But no, me being stubborn, this is the sad part of stubbornness is that I did pay the consequence. So um, in, what was it, July? is speed that speed goat race is mm-hmm. when I noticed like the beginning of July, something's kind of off, but I'm like, I got two weeks speed goats right around the corner. I got a big road trip playing with my best friend. We got our Airbnb ready. This is going to be an epic weekend like last year. Um, so show up two weeks later, speed goat. We made the drive down. We did the shakeout run. Things are feeling fine. Go and do the race. And at the start line, I just, I felt wonky. Like my leg wasn't the generating power like it normally would. I was running and I mean like 
It could have been the adrenaline. I don't remember feeling too much pain. I just remember getting frustrated because I was like, why is my body not responding? Why am I not running faster? I feel slow. I feel stupid right now. I just was not a good headspace. And my my race did reflect that. And I just was like, I was not happy. Um, But we drove back. And then two days later, I went to go out for a run just to let... I don't know. It's just a way for me to wake up some mornings and just go for an easy jog. And I took two steps and I was like, hmm, that's very sharp. That doesn't feel good at all. And my foot was going numb. And I just was like, something is not right. Like, I don't feel like it's a stress fracture. I just feel like my foot keeps going numb every time I try to run because walking wasn't bothering it too much. But my foot was kind of like a limp. So finally, I think it was um, early September, I went and saw a physical therapist. Um, and we did the assessment and we were going through PT exercises and it was kind of like going all right. Like things were getting better, but every time I had to do hopping stuff, I just, I just couldn't do it. My foot wouldn't push off. It wouldn't spring Mm. low. Like my, dorsiflexion of my ankle on my left foot was a good what'd she say it was double digit I think it was 17 degrees it was it was very stiff so there was no load in my left ankle really like to push off so finally my PT um tells me hey let's get an MRI and x-ray all I want to do is rule out that it's not a stress fracture and of course, magic my me during like Thanksgiving week is when I got to get this freaking MRI. I'm like, all right, I am thankful that this MRI is going to come back with nothing terrible of broken bones. So I get it done Tuesday. Thanksgiving weekend happens. Um, Tuesday, I get the uh, results back in the portal and <laughs> woof, talk about bad news. I was like, all right, so we got a posterior stress fracture with about 4.7 centimeters of bone swelling around the shin. We got two straight muscles that are like not even near each other. One's the front of the shin, your anterior tibialis, and then you got your outside of your ankle, so your lateral soleus. I got two big old strains. I'm like, ooh, that explains why hopping on one foot doesn't feel so good right now. So went addressed it with the um, doctor that sent me for the MRI. And he said, Hey, let's, it seems like it's on the healing process because Mm -hmm. this is November. The injury was most likely happening around August, early September when it was pretty bad and everything was very like constant numbing of my foot. Um, So he's like, here, let's put you in the boot for about a week or two. Well, I ended up being in it for three weeks just because I was like, it doesn't feel ready yet. Mm. Um, but I rather just wait another week because I honestly don't want to come back too fast. I don't want to do this all over again. I'm miserable. I'm swimming in freaking winter right now. Like, come on. I'm literally desperate to get my fix of just like some sort of movement because the bike was um, hesitant for me just because like, you're pushing down and because of those two strain muscles, they weren't quite like strong enough either to do a long distant ride. Um, so I would sparingly do the, the riding. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of playing that whole by feel 
Do I enjoy what I'm doing right now? Is my cross training reasonable? Like to an extent, I mean, like for my body, it's different from another person. So again, I just was going off of, do I still have enough energy? Do I feel like I'm coherent the rest of the day? Can I do all my activities without feeling overtrained? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to overtrain yourself during a cross training either. Your body's trying to heal itself, mm-hmm. get um, back stronger and faster. So at this point, it's like a week before Christmas. I had made the decision to stay in one more week, knowing like, all oh, right, the boot is going to be off two days before Christmas. <laughs> I've got this. Well, that Monday is when they sent out the email. Mm. I did not read the email right away. I actually got text messages from my friends saying, congratulations. And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Like, what's going on? What did I do? I'm just showing up to my nine to five, like good kid here. That's when suddenly my um, roommate had texted me and she's like, dude, you made the racing team. Awesome. Congratulations. I was like, finally, someone tells me what I'm being congratulated for. I was like, <laughs> shoot, let me open up my email. And that's when I saw the the happy love letter that I was waiting for for like the past couple of years. And it saw that I made the team and I'm just like, yes. And I looked down at my foot and I'm like, fuck. Oh God. Now I really like, then I was really like, okay, we got to take this recovery like stuff to like legit level. So Mm. I started being really good about like really dialing in my nutrition too. Cause I was being a little lenient because I'm like, well, I'm not training for anything. I'm just training to get like my foot working again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I started taking my nutrition a little more seriously. Definitely was starting to prioritize sleep like a champ. Um, And then really doing the little things like going in to PT when I wasn't going into PT, even though I was scheduled twice a week, I still had with my job, I was able to go to the gym with our um, facility and go do my PT exercises and just go through the routine at least um, four times a week was the goal. The goal didn't always happen. <laughs> but I really put an effort in um, because I knew I wanted to come back and race um, because I had signed up for Tiger Claw 50K, thinking May would be long enough to have that be the epic comeback. Um, I will say right now, I don't know if that'll be a thing just because I have other really um, great racing ideas after I had my first uh, team meeting with them and mm. all these other ideas. I'm like, wow, that actually sounds smarter than my brilliant idea, which sounds really dumb trying to go from like couch to 50 K after like a broken leg and strained muscles on a very technical hilly course. So I think I'm rewriting the, uh, script for the upcoming summer plans and spring um because we well we me my my brain came up with the idea of running um damn good run here in a couple weeks as much as i want them to do you know crown king 50k with y'all because i saw that i always saw that start list too and i was like oh my gosh what a party that's gonna be at the top of that hill oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I'll do the next best thing. We'll do the lake party at Lake Pleasant. Yep. 
exactly you're 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 going it's like the start point like now now you're you get the lake in the water it's 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 like the reverse crown king yeah so i mean like again it's going all by like i'm playing by feel i'm really trying to be smarter about my planning this time and not doing what i think um just was a big pile up of doing 100k Mm. um in february then going and doing damn good run 26k and then going straight into speed goat training so that by july i'm ready to like climb talk about very in the uh distances there from 100k 26k to 28 vert climb of like doom yeah, <laughs> yeah. i like to just spice it up keep keep y'all on your toes what distance is she gonna put her uh self on the start line for I know, like, even when it was funny, because like, when we were running you and I like you were, I was like, Oh, it's like, what kind of distance do you like? And you're like, yeah, like short course, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, like sweet. And then, you know, we were just talking and talking. And it's like, Oh, it's like, what, what race do you have next? And you're like, oh, I have Tiger Claw 50k. And I was like, well, that's a, that was a curveball. So it was like, interesting <laughs> to see, but it's awesome to see that also too, you're taking like, um, you're not locking yourself into it. Right. So it's super cool to see like, Oh, I had this racing team uh, meeting and like had some like new ideas pop in and like, you're not married to like the idea of like what you were before. You're kind of keeping it like open and fluid and flexible to like, again, probably go to the things that you like on there. I don't know if you're, you have any of those plans solidified that maybe you wanted to share on here, but if I'm putting you on the spot here, but if not, like no worries, but I figured I'd ask because I know some people are probably like, ask her, Joe, ask her. And it's like, all right, everybody asking. So this is this is my attempt. Are we going to get anything on here in terms of your your upcoming race schedule? Uh, I got some kind of drafted right now. I definitely will probably just have to put a big question of like, all right, what races should I put on my calendar? And then as like my training goes, like if I feel like it's a uh, good peaking time. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Let's start piling them on. Like right now, because I have fresh legs, I feel like I need to rip that bandaid off a little bit. I signed up for like damn good 26 K, whatever that 20 distance mm-hmm. is. I was like, all right, let's put in a longer one. And then I got my, my birthday weekend. I'm going to do um, insomniac, which is two weeks later. I think I put 18 K. I wanted to go short because I'm like, all right, let's let's go fast because I don't want to be too dead because I want to be able to watch everyone come in. And also I want to like so end my birthday on a high note, still like awake and not like dead on the ground because I ran like <laughs> 50K or whatever the long distance is that night. Like I want to have a good time and remember it. Um, and then after that, it's up in the air. We might do the whole Insomniac series, keep it local. Um we could do another trip to speed go. Oh, I don't know. I, I need recruitment. So I'm a, a big reason why I'm not doing tiger claws. I wasn't able to, I guess, somehow was not able to recruit other people to come up to tiger claw with me. Mm. Um, so in a sense, it was just going to be a lot of stress. Mm. And again, if you marry yourself to the idea, that's stress, that's outside mm. stress on top of your training and you're putting pressure on yourself because in the end you have to really realize like it's not anyone telling you to do this race no one's telling you or forcing you have to do it and i mean like unless you're contracted to race Mm -hmm. with this person and do these races that's their own thing but it means of my little world and my little friends that we all have none of us are forcing each other to like do it because it's like oh if you don't do that race Sorry, you're off our uh, Trail Tuesday club run. Bye. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think it's so great that you mentioned that. Cause I think it's, it's uh, it can be so easy to get married to like a certain race distance, right? Like you tell people like, Oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it's like, Oh, but I don't really want to do it anymore. And like, I've experienced this in my like own like racing career. I remember like when I was in the triathlon world, I would, I remember I was signed up for an Ironman and told people I was going to do it. And I was like, oh, I fucking hate Ironman. I hate like training for this shit. Like I was like, but I was like, I have to do it. Cause I like said it and it ended up just being like miserable training and whatever like that. And it's like, if I could go back, like I almost like wish like I, I had the, the guts to put the kibosh on it because I know it would have been like more happier training for something else that would get me stoked and excited. Um, And it got me injured too. So like, onto the stress thing too. Like it, 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 it happens in there, um, which is super great, which, um, is so awesome to see that you took the steps seriously on like recovery and everything like that too. Like to, you know, start to, you know, look at your diet a lot deeper and getting a lot more sleep. And even, I, I love that you touched on like the, like the holistic aspect because, you know, a lot of people would think, oh, I, I'm injured because I'm putting in a lot of volume or I'm injured because, you know, I got a new pair of shoes. It's very much like the running focus. But I think, you know, taking that holistic view, like even the stress of like traveling to races and stuff like stress can have such like a big part of the body. So like I and it's something that I didn't really realize until this year as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's one of the most important things that people need to look out for with injuries as well. So I guess like for you, like, are, are you just like super or, or are you like more aware of like your body now just kind of like monitoring things along the way? Like is your approach now? Hey, if I'm going to feel something, I'm going to like take care of it right away. I guess like is there anything maybe you're changing as a result of this experience to help keep your body sustained to, you know, reach the goals that you want to reach in the sport? Uh, yeah, I've kind of always been really intuitive. My body. I mean, like this was out of, let's see, I started running when I was 14. This is my third injury. Uh, I'm going to be 30. Um, that I've had ever with running that have truly set me to where it's like, I don't have the choice to run. You, mm -hmm. you get those niggles every now and then where it's like, ah, oh, take a couple days off and it clears up or you do a couple PT exercises to just help, you know, stretch things out. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, it just need a little strengthening here and there that I've really only had three that have set me back to where it's like, no, like if you mm -hmm. want, you're going to do more damage than you are good to your training. And two, when those injuries hit, I realized I had no drive to run. Like it felt robotic. It felt like it wasn't even enjoyable. So I really had to take a step back and change things up to make it fun. So going forward, I definitely realized that I need to be selfish and mm -hmm. take myself as a priority. Cause each time each one of these injuries have happened, I put myself on the back burner. I put all of my strength on the back burner and all of it became a priority of who I was running with, who I was helping, being there for the family and trying to help out as much as I could. But also I was like, oh, my God, I got to go to work still. I'm still working like a full full time job. I'm working 40 hours a week, still trying to train and sleep because I realized sleep suddenly like goes also on the back burner <laughs> real quick um, just because it's like you want to do all the things. But moving forward, again, it's really taking the time, making sure I enjoy my runs, even my cross training. Like I want to enjoy it. But the strength thing, that's going to be a challenging one to make fun just because mm -hmm. like 
they are tedious little things like calf raises, calf stretches, single leg balance, which honestly I'm like intimidated by. I did not realize how bad my balance was. And my PT is probably laughing if she's listening to this right now. <laughs> Because she knows how clumsy I am. Like, you should have seen me trying to get on a BOSU. It, I gave the poor tech a heart attack. She thought I was going to hit my head on the freaking bar. I'm like, don't worry. I'm, I run on trails that basically could cut you open. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I, I'm, I'm the same way with the balance. So I totally feel you. The single leg stuff intimidates the shit out of me, too. So I'm, you, you and me are in the same boat. Soft ground. I'm like, I run on rocky shit, man. How is that like not? I'm great. You put this flat thing with this un like wobbly ball, it's over. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I, I I'm the same exact way. So I totally feel you and kind of I I love that approach that you're taking of like uh being selfish because I think it's you know of course it's great to be empathetic and wanting to help other, but like sometimes like, especially like if you want to have like big goals, you need to be selfish in some areas. Cause it's like, if you're pouring your cup all the time, you don't even have an, anything left in that cup to pour into the areas that really are going to make you happy. So like, I think it's a great, great notion that you're putting onto there, especially like if you want to hit like big goals, like sometimes you need to be selfish and say, Hey, no, sorry, I can't do this thing tonight because I need to get some good night's sleep or I, you know, I, I have to hit a run in the morning, so I'm not going to be out late or anything like that. I, I love that approach as well. And one last question, I kind of want to touch on this because I, I very much empathize with your, your feelings around strength training. Like I freaking hate it. I'm sure like people listening here hate it too, but as you mentioned, it's a necessary thing to do in there. So I guess like, how are you thinking about ways to, to make it more fun or if, if, if not making it more fun, making it a priority, despite it not being fun, uh, for those listening, uh, wink, wink me over here, um, who just abhors strength training. Um, so right now, I have it as um, I work a nine to five job I'm at a desk all day. My goal is I pick two days out of the week, maybe three if I'm feeling really ambitious here, um, <laughs> to go to the clinic after work on my drive home to split up the drive so I'm not sitting more after work to make that my priority of like, all right, 30 minutes in the gym. Let's see what PT exercise we do. And I'll make like mini circuits out of the fun little um, exercises I have to do just to keep myself entertained. And plus I'm in the clinic. I get to see people, which is nice after being in a cubicle all day. I'm just like, oh my God, life, it's existing. <laughs> it's great. So just kind of making a a break in your week, like of like your routine, just like, all right, here I have like a lunch break in my lunch break. I'll do like 30 minutes of my PT exercise or like how I do. I split my drive home by stopping at the clinic to go do my exercises, um, on my no run days usually just cause yeah, if I'm going to drive home after work, kind of veer off to the trail. I'm like, Oh, look, trail, <laughs> let's go on. <laughs> um, but, and then the weekend is definitely at least once I want to make sure I get a strength training in. So my goal moving forward, when those long runs come back is to start having whoever gets to run with me, we'll have some core competition with like plank holds and what are those things called? Mountain, mountain legs or something. I don't know. Nathaniel came up with that name, my training partner. So, um, it was in his training 
block that he had for his 100K that he did. And we would do it afterwards. And I was just amazed how sore that made me the first time I did. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That little like step up move. And I'm already more sore than our 20 mile, whatever vert climb we did. (laughs) Um, So yeah, the weekend is going to be just like, here, let's make a fun little circuit to do post uh, trail run. Just so you're getting that core work in, you're still getting that activation in. And then of course, before runs, pick two, three exercises that are just like, all right, let's activate the glute or activate glute and ankle mobility. If I'm feeling like, Ooh, yeah, no calves are stiff. We got a big climb may need to do some ankle mobility. So also giving purpose to your why so that you do it mm-hmm. and put in your head. If I do these exercises or mobility, my run is going to be better than if I just crawled out of my car and have those negative thoughts, like, Oh my God, I have to run today. It's so hot or it's so dry or. I guess in other places it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I love that. Like all those things that you mentioned, like making, trying to find ways to make it fun, making it a routine. And also at the same time, like, you know, uh, thinking about the benefits of it, because like, it's so easy to do the strength training when you're injured or hurt, or like, you know, at the point when like you need it the most. And then I even find it like, cause I, I was just dealing with a hamstring injury and I was like pretty diligent with the strength training. Now that it's all healed though, I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't need to go to the gym tonight. And I'm, I'm not like literally last night I was like, this is how it happens. Like this, you're going to be like, you're going to go back to it again. So like, <laughs> like I'm trying to catch myself. So I'm so glad you said that of like being like, do it in the moment. like when, even when you don't have that like negative effect or pain point or injury or anything like that, and thinking about the benefit of how it's going to help, whether it is long-term or even to your point on the run itself. Right. Because I think a lot of times we, we, we think that, you know, it doesn't affect us until it does. And when it does, it sucks and we don't want that. So I think it's a, it's a great perspective and approach for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the whole purpose of it, too, is like you want to be able to run. You want to be able to get let the crazies out, get the body moving. And two, like, hey, get your friends in on it. That way, you know, you'll have friends to run with and they won't be like injured like me, where it's like, hey, you want to go run? It's like, oh, sorry. Uh, I still broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great incentive, too. It's like, hey, you get your friends to do the strength training and they're not injured. So they're going to run even more. So it's like double win. I love it. <laughs> i love it what an awesome win-win scenario um well megan this has been so awesome like i just uh, this conversation was just so great like from you just talking about you know really just uh leaning into the things that enjoy you and running from you know coming back from injury getting on the racing team setting goals like all the whole nine yards here holding keys while even racing which i thought was just awesome like first in this podcast for sure this conversation was super super awesome and so uh before i ask my last question here for any of our listeners who want to follow along, you know, your journey, your race season, everything that you're up to, where can they best do so on the interwebs? Uh, probably Instagram. That seems to be the easiest platform for me to engage on too many. And I get like overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep it simple. So yeah, just pretty much my Instagram. And then uh, for the locals, like if you're around, I mean, like I, I'm on Strava. 
Um, sorry, I put it on private. So you have to ask to be my friend. <laughs> I'll follow you back. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, that's awesome. So I will put the links to uh, your Instagram on there. I agree. Like I'm very simple in terms of the at one platform when the, when there's too much, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. So I totally agree with you there, um, but I'll put the Instagram in there. And then uh, if it's cool with you, I can put your job in there, but if it's private, then, you know, races go public. I do put the races. On there public. you go. Races go public. So you can see the races on there. And if yeah, you look at our ultra sign up too, it's, you're like, dang, there's a, there's a lot of ones and twos on here. So like, this is uh, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing more of that this year and, and super excited to follow, you know, your first year on the racing team and, and seeing you go out and crushing your races, which is going to be awesome, Megan. So, and excited to get some, some runs in together for sure. And, you know, since this show is called everyday ultra and the whole point of the show is to help our listeners become better endurance athletes every day. Uh, my question question to you, Megan. It's a question I ask everybody on this podcast. Uh, and that is what can our listeners do every single day to be better endurance athletes? Oh, just do the little things, little things add up. And as I am learning on this journey, man, those little things that, that every next little 1% adds up and, uh, come race day, it's, it'll be, it'll be there to shine for sure. <laughs> Exactly. I love that. I, I think I totally agree with you. I think it's like the little things, like I heard someone say once, it's like the 2% things that make 200% of the difference. I was like, dang, that's pretty good. And it's catchy. So I'm going to remember that. And it kind of comes back to your point there, doing the little things every day, like the strength training, like the sleep, like the prioritizing yourself, even having fun, man, people need to focus more on having fun for sure. And I think you do it very, very well. And I think it speaks to not only how successful you are in the sport, but also like how fulfilled you are by running and and just going out there and, you know, having an awesome time on the trails. Like you, you definitely live it, Megan. So, um, kudos to you, my friend, and super excited to follow your race season and to get in some runs together. And Megan, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, a lot of fun. We should do it again. <laughs> we should do it again. Yeah, hit another run, and then hopefully I don't fall on this next run. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it was graceful. <laughs> yeah, for those listening too, by the way, we we went on a run. It was our first time meeting uh, two weeks ago, and uh, com- we I was going pretty good like throughout it, and then like I think like six and a half miles into the seven mile run, just totally toe picked it going downhill and just biffed it in front of uh Megan who I just met and she was like oh I'm gonna have to get on the podcast with this this clumsy guy like this is this is gonna be great <laughs> epic superman down <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well thanks again Megan I appreciate you Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to do so. And if you absolutely love the show and want to support us in any ways, there's a few ways that you can do so. The first way is writing us a review on the platform of your choice. Reviews really, really matter and they help us to spread the word a lot more. So if you have the time to do so, would love that as well. Number two, you can join our Patreon community. Patreon helps us to support the show and helps us to grow and invest into new developments and growth. And on top of that, just for about $5 a month, you can get access to monthly calls with me where you can ask me anything on a monthly basis, connect with other members in the Everyday Ultra community, and ultimately get early access episodes without ads as well, which is super, super cool, all for about $5 a month. So it's a great way to support us. And then number three is taking care of our sponsors on here. So as you heard in the beginning of the podcast, uh, we had some sponsors in here. 
And if you want to invest into their product and uh, go try them out, they're all products that I've tried either in my training and I live by. I don't take any sponsorships from anybody I don't incorporate in my training. So uh, feel free to take advantage of their product and tell them that Joe sent you from Everyday Ultra. Those are three ways to support the podcast, but no matter which way that you choose or if you don't choose a way at all, just know that I really appreciate you for listening in. I know there's tons of podcasts out there and the fact that you're listening to us, that really, really means a lot. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And remember, become a better endurance athlete every day. And we'll see you real soon. Take care.